Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. It's Wednesday at 3.30, and you know what that means. That means Luke and Kyle are back at it again to give you the latest and greatest on Sonar as well as what else is happening in the freight market. We've got a lot of great things, including increased pay for drivers, increased technology spend for brokers. In fact, we're going to have a very special guest later on in the show, so stay tuned when we get a very special welcome of our VP or VP of operations from Concept Logistics. That'll come later in the show. But first, Kyle. Um, Kyle, it's the end of the month, right? End Everybody's of the month. scrambling. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't, um, feel like it. <laughs> doesn't feel like it. It feels like there should be another week for the end of the month. But yeah. but no, it's it's been a it's been a weird, I think, April. No one's kind of expected this, but kind of a little bit of a softening. We see uh, almost a tidal wave. We get a lot of our writers uh, are talking about this tidal wave coming to uh, to hit the ports, but no, it's it's very it's very ominous almost because it's like that calm before the storm. But uh, but yeah, so we'll go through a little bit of that today. But yes, we will. Um, but yes, no, how's will. everything with in your neck of the woods? Let's. Who is this guy? Haircut? Like I don't even know who this guy is. Like it, okay. for all of you okay. out there who have seen with Sonar, you know that Luke doesn't clean up. So this is a. Let's just round of applause. Okay, okay. First off, listen. All right, the people, the people don't care about that. Okay, they give want, them what they want. They want, they want honesty. Okay, they want someone who's more concerned with the quality of the information they're giving them rather than the physical appearance. Okay. Right. So first off, they didn't care. They didn't need that jab. Okay, I didn't need that. They weren't looking for it. I didn't it. sign up for this. Okay. All right. Listen. All right. I need spec- And first off, uh, how am I doing? My neck hurts right now a lot. So it's, I actually kind of have to turn my whole body to look at you. Right. But maybe I just won't look at you anymore. So that'll actually be good for all of us. I think it's because I play too many video games and I'm always staring at people. That's beside the point. We're getting off topic here. Yeah. Um, the point is, is that we're here. We're here. And we're here. We're here. And so it's it's we're in earnings season. So we're, we're seeing UPS just reported yep. and beat yesterday. Um, we're seeing a, a, a number of, of companies coming out um, with their earnings reports. And, and what does that bring? What is something that we can start to expect moving forward? I think you have a great article that talks a little bit about some additional expense that could be coming down so the pipe. So this is interesting, right? So Covenant Transport, right? So the CEO of Covenant, if you're not familiar um, they are going to be increasing their drivers' pay. In fact, part-time pay. So yeah. Some so part- not, we're not talking about full-time. We're not talking employees. about full-time drivers no. here. We're talking about part-time drivers here will be able to make up to seventy thousand dollars per year part-time. Um, and it's insane. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. For reference, the the average tax return of twenty twenty was sixty-seven thousand five hundred for drivers for full-time drivers. Right. 67,500 um, across the across the whole U.S., not just Covenant. Um, but Covenant's going to be raising part-time drivers pay to 70,000. Um, and, and the big reason for this is they, a lot of drivers, they want to have a little bit more at-home time, and I think mm-hmm. that's great, and they have the ability to choose that. And, um, you know, the company, obviously, they're trying to reduce uh, turnover, capacity is a big thing, keeping drivers in, in the seats. Um, so according to the TCA data, I believe company fleet drive-in turnover rates right now are, are um, around 62%. Yeah. Um, for and that's just the average. Drive-ins. I mean, with a lot. I've right. That's just the so average. And that doesn't include leased on like... drivers, which are going, which are a lot higher. So right. a lot there. But anyways, yeah, I, I, and that's incredible, right? I mean, that's a lot of money there for anybody, but especially for a part-time driver. And, you know, I think that that just says that, number one, they're making more money, but 
they're they're willing to invest back into their drivers because, I mean, you well, know, here, you have to. Well, kinda. Well, let's 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 think of why they would need to do this. It's it's almost like Groundhog Day. We we saw this two years ago, 2018. We saw this driver shortage that everyone was talking about. We we saw that. Their tender rejections were where they are now, and so we're consistently for the actual 10th consecutive week, tender rejections for the national average is above 25%, which is just insane. A quarter of all freight that's moving on a contract that's being tendered right now is being rejected, causing rates to just increase and be where they're at today. But what have people been talking about throughout COVID? We've been talking about there's there's um, a lot of these driving schools are yeah. like, at half capacity or even worse or shutting down. And so what we naturally see when there's not a bunch of supply of new drivers coming in the market, they need to incentivize those people to come to them. So that's what that screams to me is that they're not only just going after full-time, but now they're trying to get part-timers. Cause imagine you can work part-time and, and get seven. That makes me want to go get in a truck. We're in Chattanooga. Maybe we should go get a little part-time. Down the street. Yeah. Let's like, go. That, no, 100%. You're absolutely correct there. And and it and it doesn't stop there. The investments don't just stop with drivers. You know, as as we come into this unprecedented period of volatility and you know, you really do need a very impressive technology stack yeah. to be able to keep up with things to help automate a lot of systems because a lot of things will break down. A lot of systems will break down when you when we have this um, and I think you've got some some good stuff there for that. Yeah, not only that. So we talked about earnings as well. So an, another a, a Sonar customer, Arrive Logistics, who's been on this show uh, before, yeah. um, just got uh, a, an additional, I think it's $300 million in investment from uh, an Atlanta partner. And and really what they have... You say, you say three, 300? Th- uh, uh, 300. 300 and million. put this in perspective, they've only like, brought on... Like not seven, 3 million. Right. Not 30 million. But 300, 300 million. Okay. And in, in previous times, they've only raised 50 million in capital pre- prior oh, to this. Goodness. And so they've been doing a lot of their own growth and just been able... And they have their own proprietary TMS... They have, yeah. they're, they're very technology driven and that's why they've grown to be who they are. Even back in, uh, at our last conference in Chicago, or, yeah, in Chicago, we had that big old debate between Molo and Arrive. Yeah. And, and so who's the better broker in Chicago? And so that was a, that was a great, um, that was a great topic because it was like, okay, do we go classic Chicago versus tech driven Chicago almost right. because Molo really throws you know, they they got a, they have a ton of carrier reps. They are growing so fast. They're just churning through through new opportunities, bringing them in. And then you got Arrive, who's really tech driven, really focused on that. And and one thing that's been referenced in an article that we posted on our site is that they were spending on average about. Let me make sure I got this right because it is it blew me away. Five million dollars per year in technology. They're planning to increase that to. $30 million in technology spend, either through just building more proprietary data. Well, I think half of that's sonar. Yeah, it's got, got to be. Right. Got to be. Got to keep the lights on yeah, here that, we, we get that commission, yes, right? Okay. exactly. <laughs> and, and so that's what you get when you come on with sonar. Soon after, you get the investment. I mean, it's just Let's what go. the people want. Let's go, and, man. And so, we're but, trying to give people, we're trying to give money away. Listen, we're, we're just we're just putting out a platform for those to really just have a voice. No, but that's to, that's that's awesome because what we've seen in transportation in 2020 is that revenues are up. Profit yep. margins have been pretty slim actually for brokerages because yeah. it because they've that that uh, that rate per mile has been just continually going up. 
Yeah. So, I mean, they can't it's just raise the rates at every point. A lot of times they do have to take losses. But, but yeah, those are the two articles for today. What else? What, what do we got next? I, I really, here, I'll, I'll actually take this one, though. Oh, excuse me, please. Two, two, you want me to leave? Yeah. Let, okay. Let's, let's just take a, let's just take a, a little side note here. But no, this is a, this is a great because it's personal to me. So, um, who, with us today, VP over at Concept Logistics, Greg Finnerty. Greg, how are you? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to come on the show, guys. First yeah. of all, I apologize, Greg. That was that was a terrible introduction. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I want, let me try to redo it real quick. Okay. So for those watching at home, we're so glad to have you here today. We've got a very special guest, one none other than Greg Finnerty, the Vice President of Operations at Concept Logistics. Greg, we're so glad to have you. See see how that was? A little more energy there? That uh, was that was pretty good. And you yeah. cleaned up for me, and I appreciate that. Andy cleaned up. That was that New Jersey native that came out right there. I mean, I, I was surprised you didn't feel the tan coming off of him of the, of the GTL over there. But no, no, that thanks. Thanks for jumping on and, and being with us today. And it's it's crazy out there. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what, uh, you know, personally, what you're seeing out there and what you're kind of talking to your own reps and your customers kind of being in this climate that we're in right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, specifically to to concept in Buffalo, um, which is where we're mainly operated off of it. It's, it's, uh, you know, if you look on your head hall map, I don't think it's ever not been blue, mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking in that. So what we've done is kind of taken the rejections compared it to the volumes of inbound and outbound that gives us a, a really nice view for our carrier reps to understand what's going on on a daily basis. Um, and then, you know, couple that with uh, paying attention to lead times and having that be a driver message for our shipper reps um, and, and account managers to, you know, help help our customers um, take advantage of this knowledge that, you know, was previously kind of unavailable to brokers like us uh, and, and helping them kind of get organized and push things forward. Um, you know, from there, I think, you know, you guys put out a couple of great articles uh, previously on the, in the uh, ports and what's coming in. So we have a good view of what's the futures to hold. So we, we, we kind of bring all that together and, um, you know, really are able to arm our people with a message and show the customers. And when I say customers, I mean, you know, shippers and carriers, uh, how we can benefit them, how we can lock them into good lanes with good rates, how we can help, uh, you know, uh, our shipper customers kind of even the playing field. Obviously, this climate has put everything in a topsy-turvy, but we're, we're, we're helping them out. And I think, uh, you know, with a, with a platform like Sonar, it's kind of the showpiece of it, right? I mean, there, there's a message there and anybody can say anything. But when we, when we bring in Sonar, we bring in charts, we bring in the indices, they, they really start to pay attention to us. Let's, let's take a minute here. Let's throw this up on the screen here, Greg, because you, you, you mentioned uh, the head haul index that you guys use. And there it is right there. So I've got my mouse hovered over Buffalo there. It's very dark blue, indicating a very tight market um, or an imbalance of inbound to outbound loads in favor of the carrier. So if you're a carrier, Buffalo is a good place to be right now. You have a lot more options to choose from and less carriers to fight for, fight against. Uh, but let's take a minute and see. Buffalo is tighter than Harrisburg, Pennsylvania right now. It, I, it might be hard to tell on the screen there with the different, different shades. Um, I'll, 
you know, Buffalo has an index score of 35, Harrisburg of 33. So it's not extreme, but Buffalo is tighter than Harrisburg, again, relative to how they traditionally operate. Is, I mean, that, that's yeah, pretty big. I think it, yeah, and I think the difference there is when you start to look at the inbound volumes, Buffalo's got a flat line, uh, you know, more towards when you put all those uh, indices all together and you look at the Buffalo inbound volume. And then you were to to take a look at Harrisburg. Harrisburg has some spikes and it has some some different things. It's an attractive market to go to. Uh, you know, Buffalo. I feel like we 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 have a lot of repetitive carriers. We have a lot of uh, repetitive shippers, and we have a lot less carriers coming in. Especially with the border closing, it's not like there's anything you know transferring as much. I guess uh, I shouldn't say anything, but you know nothing's transferring up at, at quite the volume it was once was. So. You know, we 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 as a broker and and where we add value uh, to our shippers. You know, when we talk about lead time, we talk about the volumes. You know, we're all fighting for the same carrier. And you know, what we really want to try to do is bring in um, a message to those shippers, to those carriers, that we can we can help. You know, kind of organize them in a way that that'll get them the repetitive moves that they really, you know, they really desire. Because once we kind of get in there and, and see what's going on, we can really start to to affect their daily and and obviously do business in a, in a good way and provide service to everyone. Yeah, it comes down to transparency on both sides, right? So when you have 1, a limitation and you're Buffalo being similar to like Chattanooga and Knoxville around us, where it's you are extremely exposed to supply and demand. So seeing those ebbs and flows with the inbound and outbound volumes really give you a, a lead on, okay, you know, do we need to start talking about a, you know, a rate increase or do we need to start talking about rate decreases? How do we maybe set up our carrier teams to start pressing a little bit lower in certain circumstances? And I think that's really the, the fundamentals of Sonar. And I think Luke's working on getting kind of that chart pulled up. And that's really my favorite chart to look at is seeing those rejections at, behind the supply and demand because it, it, it happens almost like clockwork. You see either the drop in supply and you see this big um, separation between supply and demand, or you see the big increase in demand and, and you'll see tender rejections right behind it just react. And, and so yeah. this is a, you know, that's a really impactful chart and you know, definitely allows you to think a little bit more past the rate. And so with that, you know, how do you talk about rate per mile with your teams? I mean, rate per mile is really important, but you know, sometimes the rate doesn't really give you that clear of a picture. Well, we've got a we've got a really storied history, right? We're a thirty-year brokerage, and we've got carriers we've been dealing with with almost thirty of those years, and we have a lot of tenure in this building. So, you know, the conversations that we're really driving that rate per mile um, comes in fluctuation a day, and 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 it really. You know, the driver for the carrier reps is to really uh, understand what the carriers need and, and what's going to get them moving. What's 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 really a value is that extra hundred bucks you're going to grab right now worth the worry of a good load of a of a great shipper of, a you know, of a, um, you know, of a, of a going into a distribution center that's going to keep them there eight hours. You know, if that's their model, then we got the loads for them. If that's not the model, we got the loads for them. And that's just deep dive on both sides and understanding, again, what the needs are and, and you know, going rate per mile. It, it's tough to say, you know, on, on that. I think where we see those dramatic increases is, uh, you know, when we're here and, you know, I think you referenced it a couple of shows ago. It's like, you know, make 200 bucks. Right. And that, that, that's just not our model. It's just like, let's let's be uh, of service to to both sides.
I like that too. And and Greg, I think you make it you make a good point. I know I've said it before on the show, but you know, you guys have been in business 30 years. You've got a ton of tribal knowledge, like you said. And I think the like when when someone like you takes your tribal knowledge, like that length, that tenured, and combines it with you know technology, innovative technology, obviously sonar yeah. being one of those. You know, you have the ability to lean on your experience and the data. I mean, and you can extract so much more value from it than you know a dummy like me who's only been in logistics a few years, but. Somehow um, yeah, made yeah. it to this table. Somehow I Don't made, know it. I made it here. <laughs> Somehow I made yeah. it to this table. But no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I mean that I mean that that speaks volumes to be able to have that experience and and that now you package the data along with it. It's like, I mean, you're you're an well, unstoppable force. It, yeah, it, it enables us to build the trust that we have with these longstanding customers and carriers quickly in into new markets, into new uh avenues that we're exploring, right? And you know, when you're you know, you guys, it, both in logistics and, and I'm sure everybody uh, watching, you know, you know, you're talking to a freshie and you know, you're talking to an experienced guy, right? I mean, the, the reactions are different. And when you couple that with with Sonar and you and you enable people to make decisions, you kind of decentralize the decision making and, and you have these trusted uh, um, data points that that are helping lead the narrative. I think, you know, like you said, it, it, it becomes an unpo- uh, unstoppable force. And uh, you know that's why we've turned the last couple of years. We were a regional broker, and we're we're really turning into a a, a growth machine at this point. Yeah. yeah. So to that point, where do you see some of the growth within Concept um, really playing in? Is it kind of more in that kind of spot driven, or are you gonna try to focus more on contracts as they kind of come? Yeah. We're, I mean, we're our main driving point is to be single source, and that was not an option a couple of years ago. We switched TMSs. Uh, to uh, tie, and then we we moved over to uh, and, and brought in an LTL team. So now we can really start to encompass all of the shippers' needs. Um, you know that type of relationship that you know we brought it up earlier that that type of of transparency um, really helps. Uh, you know, there's things that can be done that shipping clerks have no idea. You know, the guys on the dock who are halfway on the forklift and then coming back to talk to you about well, who who's you know let me send out eight rates. You know, uh, how, how do we, how do, how, who's going to be the best rate, right? That's, that's, that's not a way to live, especially with what's coming up in this market. So what we do is try to organize. I think Sonar gives us a good idea when we enter these markets, these new lanes. Um, and we look at those reports, uh, the volume versus uh, rejection. You know, we can, we can get a good idea and a good grip of, of where we need to be in that market and, and kind of do some pre-benchmarking before we even do it and build capacity off of that. And that, and that's the end of it, right, guys? I mean, it's it's capacity is king. And if your guys are going spot on you, then really how far is your savings really going to last you? Let's talk about that a little bit there, Greg. Um, capacity is king. And and one of the data sets I know you're very familiar with and comfortable with is the is tender lead time. And I've gone ahead mm-hmm. and, and built a chart here for us, uh, the tender lead time uh, outbound from Buffalo, New York. Um, yeah. And we can just see. So right now in the bottom right corner, it's sitting at 2.37 or 2.3 days. So almost two and a half days notice is what shippers are giving uh, you know, their providers notice uh, before loads pick up. Um, you know, how, how, do, how do, you, to, do you leverage something like this, uh, not just to, to communicate to your customers, but you know, to take action on? You know, what's the, sure. Where's the value here? 
Well, I, I think the value comes in, you know, when, when you look at the 2.37, that's, that's the majority. That's a great average to know. So our message to our shippers is, uh, you know, how can we help you get to a 3.27? How can we get you to a 3.5? You know, if you're not doing that, then you're just going to be playing the game of everyone else. And, and you're dealing with trucks that have got probably contracted rates. You've got people that have already, uh, you know, maybe some, maybe some lanes that are paying really well, and you're going to be able to leverage a better price if, if you're more organized and you're booking out days ahead. I mean, being a broker this last year, posting a, tra posting a load, I mean, the, the phone, you, you know, you, you wonder if it's broke. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you start working out, being proactive, looking up and out and looking for uh, how you can take care of that customer and bringing them up to that to that uh, tender lead time, you know, it, the, the, I think the value is, is immeasurable to them. Yeah. And it comes down to that, like service versus price dilemma is mm -hmm. okay. Hey, listen, you, if you can't give me this lead time, you know, obviously price goes up. Um, so the sure. shorter that lead time comes, the more, the more, the less time you have and the more exposed your exposure you are to not finding capacity or having a higher premium on that price. And, and that's what, that's probably a great conversation. You even talk to your carrier team, which is like, hey yep. guys, we start getting into new lanes. What is the average lead time? So if it if the average lead time is three days, well, we need to start making sure that if we do have partners with our with specific carriers and we're making sure they're loaded, you know, we meet it. We need to start get filling that truck or talking or finding loads a couple of days in advance because by the time that guy delivers, we may we may not be in a good position to actually get him reloaded. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there, and I think you know that's. That's another layer to it, right? Like that's our main goal. How do we get up to that? How do we get you a day ahead of everyone else? And what can we provide to you to, to get you there, you know, and, and help you see that light? And, you know, and then, you know, to, to be a contingency plan, you know, how we kind of counteract that while we're preparing them to get there and helping them along to get there. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we provide options. Hey, can you slide this a day? You know, is this is this got to go now? Is there anything we can do to get this truck that we know about right now at this point, price point that's going to be two, three hundred dollars, maybe four hundred dollars? You know, and, and then we can once we get that schedule going, we can we can start to solidify it. And carriers know what they're doing. And, uh, bro, you know, uh, shippers know what they're doing. And we can really you know, we can really start to even the playing field for everybody. And, I, and you know, prices are going to go up and that's that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can argue that. And when the volumes go the way they are right now, there's just no way around it. So being as prepared as you can, having a partner that you trust and you can be transparent with that can help you source the data, that can help you compare yourself to the markets and what you're doing as far as lead time. I think that's, you know, that's if you're if you're a shipper, that's 110 percent my my recommendation. That's a great point, uh, Greg. And, and I think, you know, like you said, right, rates are going up. Prices are going up, especially as volume continues to go up, right? It's only going to get worse. Even if even if shippers are still having to pay more, just having the ability to get ahead of lead time, you know, I mean, think about the operational headaches right. that that you can you can get, you know, you can reduce by just, okay, listen, like we're we're four days out. At least we got trucks taken care of, or you know, it's yeah. and it, and it lessens the burden on you, like you said, right? If yeah. it's if we got to get something same day or the day before, I mean. I mean, you know how difficult that is yeah. for your carrier reps right now. It's oh, just yeah. such an operational I mean, burden. We're, we're a small, you know, we're 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 a, a smaller broker, I would say. But you know, that's where Sonar comes in, and we're able to have our people. And believe me, you know, I've been in this business for twenty years. I, 
I think this year I'll be, I started when I was 21, I'm going to be 42. So I've been here as long as I've been alive when I started. And people have always been the driver of this business. And, you know, I think technology coupled with that is the real key. Um, You know, and the things that we've been able to kind of source out and provide with the technology that's come out. And I think, you know, to give uh, freight waves and sonar credit like I, I think they were the drivers of really bringing it to the to outside and to the people so I, I i think when we get comfortable with understanding it and that, that's another great piece of sonar is that you know you guys support and understanding and helping us learn how to use it is has been immeasurable and, and the message gets clearer to our customers either shippers or carriers as that happens wow that's awesome so one thing before you before we let you go timothy dooner our, our rock star who who's on what the truck is that a is that a Rick Rubin poster in your background there? What you got? Yes, back it there is. Tell me a little bit about Twelve that. Rules of Life oh. by Rick Rubin. There we go. You're giving book recommendations <laughs> from uh, for Ray earlier Dalio. Ray Dolly, and then now we got some of the best pro- the one of the best producers uh, of music right. Best band you. in the world's right next to it, The Grateful Dead. Oh, jeez, just a layer. Just a layer, just pulling that back one by one. No, awesome. Thank you so much. We have this wonderful Chattanooga landscape. (laughs) That's what we got. I'd show you the Buffalo one, but it looks like an English summer out there. Oh, geez. No, but but thank you so much, Greg, for joining us today. And, you know, no, thank you guys. Go Bills. Yeah, go Bills. And tell us so if if anyone wants to reach out to you or, you know, anything that want to learn a little bit more, where where can they Uh, do that? Always LinkedIn. You can get us on. uh, uh, Twitter and my email is uh, gfinnerty at conceptlogistics.com. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Great to have you, Greg. What a guy. What a guy. Well, I mean, we say that almost every time when we, we do bring say people that on, the on, on the show. But Well, I think probably, well, like 90% of it is that they are, you know, they're just absolute studs. And then the right. other 10% of it is we're a bunch of smucks. So, like, it looks like that much even better. Well, I mean, I am especially. <laughs> But I'm not, I've, I've already been ragging on you too much. Today, yeah, dude, so it's I'm, okay. It's fine. No, no, I'm you, trying to rag on myself first. So that way, when you do hit me, you know, it, it bounces off. You no, know, but that's, get that negativity out of here. I don't yeah, want that. Get it out of here. But, uh, but no, that's, that's, that's so impactful. And that's what we kind of, that's what we're trying to show you. It's like, it's not just all always about the rate per mile. Right. I mean, we talk about this all the time till we're blue in the face. Rate per mile doesn't mean anything if all you're going to do is tack on 15% and throw it a Hail Mary to your customer. Anybody can do that. Anyone can do that. Makes you, it, makes, it doesn't make you special at all. So for a company like Concept Logistics, who is very niche, I mean, they are growing out to be a, a more multinational style of provider, but they're, they're really up in that northeast corner. And when you're exposed like that to supply and demand, they're using the best resources that they can yeah. so that they can make sure they're on top of that. And that is why they partnered with us. And so... You know, th- thank God they you know, called out customer success. We saw oh, yeah. supply and demand. There's a there's a bunch there to to really dissect. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's great too. He makes a good point, right? As as prices are going up, it's not always about you know like from a shipper's perspective. Hey, we get it. Like we're paying more. Obviously, they want to pay less, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. brokers want to make more money, right? But if that's your primary focus, you're going to be severely disappointed. Operational execution is a big is a big deal too. So if you can continue to you know as a broker or even a carrier. Give your customers the ability to like, hey, if we can make these decisions, give you more notice. This is where the market's notice is. If you can get it a little bit higher, like right mm-hmm. here, that gives that that cuts down so many service failures just by yep. doing that, right? That's a win in this market for a shipper. It's like, listen, I'm paying more. Eventually, I'll pay less, but that's not right now. But at least I have some areas that I can win at. 
right? Right. And that's, and I think, you know, having the ability to continue to coach your customers in that way, very impactful. Yeah. I very, mean, very impactful. At the end of the day, I think 2020 is going to go down as one of the yeah. highest, highest transportation costs that we've seen to date. Yeah. I mean, even Zach Strickland, who the, the Sultan of Sonar talks mm. about it all the time, might be the tightest summer to date in transportation history, oh, which is I mean, that's, that is absolutely huge to call out because what are we kind of feeling right now? That's why we were talking a little bit about how the we're feeling a little softness. We're kind of comfortable right now. It's, it, April was a little kind of a little melancholy. Like it's, it's really weird, but what we're, what we're seeing in the imports, what we're seeing coming down the pipe is actually pretty scary in my eyes for at least capacity sake. Yeah. Because one, there's only so many carriers on the vessel lines that can pull those carriers and pull those TEUs and those containers in. And we are just seeing a parabolic ship. Love that word. We need to get that word like trademark or something. Something. I mean, I, I'm sure the the guys on Twitter from Bitcoin are, are already kind of, they've uh-huh. been using that that for, for years. But but no, it's 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 something that we'll probably dive into next week when we talk a little bit about probably some of that import then and what's coming. Next week's going to be a great show. Also, before we get there, give us ten seconds. What what is on your feet right now? Like, what are, what are shoes are you rocking? Oh, dude, you're you're making me. Con- this is going to be too difficult be... for you. Oh. Come on, we got ten seconds left in the show. We got the we got the Air Force One Stussies limited edition. All right, you know, low key flex. It's fine, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> folks, on that note, we're done with the show. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, live, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Hammond. Fantastic rest of your day.